What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. I'd like you to turn to Galatians chapter 2. And again, at the end of the service, we'll have people here. We also have communion off to the side as well. If you feel led to take communion, uh, make sure you just do it in a, in a, in a holy uh, way. Um, and so the elements are, are off to the side here. Galatians chapter 2. Um, little backstory on this is um, that uh, <clears throat> the Apostle Paul, this is verse 1, Galatians 2, right after 14 years, he went to Jerusalem and Basically, he's wanting to get his, make sure his doctrine's right, make sure that he's, he's kind of not off in, in, in what he's speaking and what he's preaching, so he came to the leadership in, in, in Israel, right? We always need to do that, having people in our lives. Again, this is why we're an elders-run church, and the elders are supposed to make sure my doctrine's right, because I can be off just like they could be off, like anybody can be off. So we need one another in the body of Christ to make sure, and that's what Paul was doing. But I want you to go down to Galatians chapter 2, verse 6, please. Galatians chapter 2, verse 6. And Paul says this, from, and from those who seem to be influential... What they were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. You might want to highlight that. Like, you might be looking at me this morning saying, man, that guy's a pastor. I could never do that. But the reality is this afternoon, God could use you in a greater way because you may lead someone to Christ that will be the next Billy Graham. God shows no partiality. He doesn't need me. He wants me because he loves me and I'm his favorite. No offense. But he doesn't show any partiality. All right? Those, I say, who seem to be influential, they added nothing to me. They added nothing to me. You ever met somebody really, really famous and it was... Right, you looked up to, and you thought, and you you walked away, kind of ah. I'm not saying Paul's saying that, but what he is saying that the leaders there they they didn't add anything to him. This is really really important uh, because today, and Will, if you could put up the family picture, that'd be great. Uh, We're here today to celebrate the Hamilton family. Um. Today's a special day for me because for a long time, this family has, has been influential to my personal life, and they have added to my life. That's why I'm starting off in verse 6, even though I'm going to get down to, to 10 and 8 and all of that. They've been influential in my life. They've affected my life. And so they are planting a church called Holy Ground Church to reach out to Broadway, the Broadway community and the Guatemalan community there. And as they go and plant a church, um, after being on staff, Stephen was our outreach pastor for eight years here at Urban Youth Impact, running all the different outreaches. And um, and, and, and as they go, man, we just want to celebrate them. We want to lay hands on them as they go and bless them. Before we do, I want to talk about Sharon first. And uh, Will, if you could just put, put, put the one black and white up. Yeah. So when I think of Sharon, uh, this is what I think of. Uh, her with multiple kids on her lap. Uh, that's how I have known her for a long time. Kids are just attracted to her. Uh, it is the motive of why she does what she does. She is a mama. She is a mama bear. And uh, although, anyway, mama bear. She's a good mom, okay? Um, and, well, if you could, the other ones as well. Not only do I see her do that, but um, there's my little daughter, by the way, Riley. Cute, cute little, little, sweet little thing there. Anyway, um, and there's Christopher. Um, when he was little, 
This is how long they've been in my, my family's life. And Sharon used to live with us before Stephen came and, and, and took her out of our house, okay? So Sharon used to live with Colleen and I. And Christopher, by the way, thought he was going to marry Sharon. So this is a true story, and I actually have it on video. Whenever he gets married, I'm playing it at the wedding. So good. So it's a funny story. So Face calls me, and he tells me, hey, Chris, you know, you know we're, we're going to get married. Sharon said yes, and we want to tell Christopher, but we think, you know, you need to be ready. I'm like, bro, he's okay. He's like three years old, four years old. I don't I can't remember how old he was. He was like that big. So Stephen says to Christopher, hey, Christopher, I want to tell you some news. I'm marrying, I'm going to marry Sharon, Miss Sharon. And Christopher, at that age, he kind of like throws down the phone. He starts crying and he's like, Stephen, he cannot love Sharon like I can love Sharon. (laughs) And he went into his room, and he's crying in his room. And me and Colleen, we're like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. I need to call the inner healing department because he's got a wound. He's had his little heart broken. We didn't teach him how to guard his heart. Forgive us, God, for bad parenting. Anyway, in love, in love with Sharon. He thought he was going to marry her. He also went to bed every night with a little lammy when he was about this age. There's no judgment here. You guys know you probably had a lammy, okay? My son's going to kill me. But when he would hold his lammy and lie down for bed and we'd say prayers for him and tuck him in, he would suck his thumb because the lammy was like a thing of like, I love my lammy. And my thumb, his thumb would go in his mouth. I just miss those days, by the way. You know, I don't even know if my kid lives with me anymore. He's got a car. So, so enjoy those days, guys, okay? So his thumb, well, when he used to come down, and it was actually, that's where Sharon used to sit for dinner and whatever, and at that chair, at that table, Christopher, he would blow by me and Colleen, and he would go sit on Sharon's lap, and he would stick his thumb in his mouth. No lammy, just Sharon. Now, why do I tell you this? Because kids, they know what's real. They know what's fake. They're smarter than us. That's why Jesus says, be like the little children. That's how perfect her heart is. That's how amazing she is as a person, that my kids were just completely in love with her. Not only my kids, but multiple kids from the community where she has served and everybody is, they know Sharon loves them. They know that's why she does what she does. I, um, <clears throat> I also work with Sharon. So this is kind of like goodbye, but it's not. So she works with me at Urban Youth Impact as in charge of the, the development department. And so she's running that and she gives me so much peace that I don't have to worry about things over there because I know she's got everything. Her work ethic is unbelievable. I don't know how she gets done, what she gets done, but when she does things, she does it with excellence. She ran our after-school program back in the day at Urban Youth Impact. She ran our children's church here at Bow Down. She helped get the mentoring program off the off the ground. And so she's also, meanwhile, doing all of this stuff, also homeschooling her kids. She should have a cape on right now because she's amazing. But more importantly than that, she actually puts up with Stephen's shenanigans, okay? You guys laughed more about that one than than the first service, but anyway. I also call Sharon a silent killer because she quietly works with dignity and honor working with excellence as unto the Lord, and she has been extremely influential. As like it says in verse 6, she's added to my life. And Sharon, I'm just so proud of you and just so thankful for you. And I do sincerely love you 
You know, face when we were sitting up here after the first service, I just, I'm just so proud of you guys. I just, I, my heart is just so overwhelmed with just a sense, of, a source of, just a, just to be a part of what God has done and is doing in and through you guys that I get to be a part of it. My heart is just filled with just a pride and an honor to be by your guys' side. And I love you both. Uh, I'm going to shift to Stephen now. So um, do you have uh, me and Stephen in the robes? I don't know if we did that one last time. That's a good picture. Look at that. We were at a big fancy church one time doing a, doing a wedding together, and we, told, we stole their robes. We went on stage and put them on. Anyway, we don't wear robes here because Jesus says, don't, don't wear robes. I, that's a joke. <laughs> Forgive me, God, for making <laughs> Robes are cool. Robes are cool. Help me. Stephen came down after graduating from Liberty University. He lived in our discipleship house as a young single guy. Um, there's warmth. There's joy. If you could throw up some, some outreach pictures, Will, that just scroll through them where you see him, um, especially the one without his shirt, by the way. No, not that one. He's like doing an outreach. I don't know. I don't know. If, yeah, there he is at the basketball court with that. That's kind of outreach as we do. We keep it real, right? Anyway, uh, so he's just, just an awesome, awesome guy that preaches with fire. He's also a guy that's went on a 40-day fast, okay, meaning no food, right? And, and why do I say that? Well, because, man, you know people are the real deal because that's not part of his job description at Bow Down. It never was, but he just wanted the Lord so bad that this guy is going before the Lord fasting and seeking God. He has a passion for Jesus. He's also humble, and so, Will, if you could throw up his van, please. This is his van situation right now. Now, listen, I said this to the first service. I'm going to say it again. This van, before I married Colleen, like 20 years ago, I don't even know. I don't, what year is that van? It, I don't know. It is really old. The roof rusted off, but we spray painted it. And so uh, this is his van, 15 passenger. It, it's really what it is. It's a three-legged lamb, okay? It's barely running. Luckily, we have a really good mechanic that takes care of it and keeps it running, but it's still a three-legged lamb limping around. So here's the deal. Some, somebody may feel led to go buy my man a van so he can pick up kids and continue to do ministry, but that's what he's rolling in, and the reason why I show you that is because he's humble. He doesn't care how he looks. He's not in it for the image He's riding around in a car that's tore down to the floor down because it's about Jesus and what he drives doesn't really matter to him. This is a guy that's an example to all of us. And if you're really, really listening, God is adding to your life right now. He's also kind of funny. He's way funnier than me. Um, and Will, if you can put him... Uh, this is an outreach that he was supposed to be running. But him and Cameron took a picture of themselves sleeping on the job, and they sent it to their boss. I don't know. I think that's kind of funny. But uh, anyway, I didn't fire him. Um, and again, I guess not funny. I just thought it was hilarious. Uh, I would never send that to my boss. Um, all right. He... Him and, him and Sharon um, throw up their wedding picture. This is why we call him baby face, by the way, because back in the day, look at the little baby face. You know what I'm saying? So I had the honor of, uh, of marrying them. I had the honor of being at their ordination when Steve was ordained as a pastor in North Carolina. I've had the honor of, of having... Sharon live in our house and be around our two children with Colleen and I, uh, working with this mighty man of God, with this amazing family for over a decade. Um, I am honored to call him my friend. 
Um, and there's two more stories that I'd like to share. One of them is uh, Tamron and 18th. They lived on 18th and Tamron, and so gunshots went off, and there's a guy that's, that's bleeding out. And everybody on the block, when the, when the shooting happened, took off. But not Stephen Hamilton. He ran to it. He ran to the sounds of the gun because he's selfless. Because that's what Jesus would do. And while that guy's bleeding out, while they're waiting on the ambulance to come, Stephen's holding that guy in his arms, getting all bloody, sharing with that guy, praying for that guy who probably thought he was going to die right there. But they took the guy to the hospital. That's who he is. He's also a great man of faith, and he's going to share a little bit here in a moment about how when he made the call to come down here to West Palm, he's got a wife, and was Lily born yet? Lily was born already? Wow, man, I'm old. Uh, Three months old. So three kids, wife, three kids. And so I call him and say, Face, listen, I got a house for you on 18th and Tamarin. And by the way, that's probably one of the rougher streets uh, there, um, if you guys know. What's uh, uh, you know, anyway, hopefully you don't know. You haven't been buying anything over there. Anyway, um, if you do, get some deliverance here from addictions. Uh, but yeah, maybe a few street pharmacists around there. And so... Um, and so I say, hey, man, I got, I got a free house for you. Um, and we're just going to step out in faith as a church, and, and, and we'll be able to offer you 20 grand for you to come. 20 grand. I'm going to challenge you to raise the rest of it so you can have 35. So think about this for a second. And no insurance, by the way. No, no 401K, no nothing. Just straight 20 Gs, baby, for a whole year. He said, yes, and you got to raise the extra 15. I hung up with him after they said yes and prayed about it, and I'll never forget this because I was driving over a, a, a bridge, and I got a call from a donor of mine that doesn't even go to bow down, and he says, hey, I've prayed about this, and I'm going to send bow down a check this year for 20 grand. God's hand confirmed right away what we were calling them to do. No, Stephen and Sharon, they are my people, and here you go. Here's a 20 grand check. It didn't come before. Oh, I got a whole sermon right there. It came after. Some of you are waiting on God. God, Hey, some of you, listen, you go and wait at the same time, but anyway. God dropped 20K, and the rest is history. Since 2011, they've been. I tell you that to encourage your faith, but also, also, listen, understand that this, this couple is anointed by God, called by God, and we honor them, and we bless them and their, their family. I want you to turn back to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. I want you to look down at verse 10. And let me just kind of summarize 6 through 9. Basically, Paul, and you can read it at your own time, Paul is called to preach to the Gentiles. Peter is called to preach to the Jews. That's what it means, circumcised, uncircumcised. So they said, Paul, yeah, you go to the Gentiles. We affirm that calling. So Paul was a a Jew. So here we see in the text, Paul was called to cross-cultural missions. He was called to a race that was not of his own. And let me say something. When that happens, when we go to people that don't look like us, guess what? God is greater glorified because it's uncomfortable. It brings greater glory to God. So multi-ethnic church planting was what Paul did. 
He went to another culture, bringing the kingdom culture in. The second thing, and why I had you highlight verse 10, is they told him to what? Remember the who? The poor. Wow, the poor is always on the heart of God. You know there's 400 references to the poor in the Bible? 400. In John 13, when they're looking at Jesus, Jesus tells Judas to go and do what he needed to do. And we know what Jesus was talking about because Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. But when you read the text there, the disciples thought that Judas was going to give money to the poor. Why? Because it's what Jesus did. Jesus cared for the poor. That was his custom. So they just figured that's what Judas was going to do. John 13. Acts chapter 6. The church is planted. And what's happening is there's racial division in the first church, but also widows were being neglected. So you see the first church plant, what were they focused on? The gospel, building a church, but also what? The poor, the poor, the poor. And so for me, personally, I want to spend the rest of my life planting churches, not to the suburbs, Now, some of you may be called to the burbs. It's all good. It's all good. It's all gravy, baby, right? And hey, listen, God may call me to Palm Beach or Hawaii. I don't know. But we want to plant churches, not in suburbia, but we want to go where nobody else is going. That's who Bow Down is. That's who we're always going to be. Unless God changes something, but his heart is for the poor. And that's what we see here in Galatians. Plant churches, remember the poor. And so the reason why I'm at Urban Youth Impact as a president, but also pastor of Bow Down, because Urban Youth Impact is an organization that cares for the poor and has done that with excellence for 25 years, but also bow down as a church because when our youth graduate from Urban Youth Impact, they should probably be in the church serving and in the church. So the church and the, and the parachurch works together so that the poor and those that are in impoverished situations can come up and walk in the fullness of what God has called them to do. And that's That's what my heart beats for. That's what my heart burns for. It's what we want to do. I'm going to have Stephen Hamilton just come up and share his heart. And then at the end, I'm going to ask some of our elders and uh, some of our staff and, and, and deacons to just come on up and we're going to lay hands on the Hamiltons and we're going to send them out. Some people are like, man, that really wasn't a, a teaching, Chris. Well, let me just say, what kind of te- what is a better teaching than somebody's life laid, lived out? That is the word becoming flesh, by the way. And every single one of us, when we leave, what are they going to say? What are they going to say? And I know, because Christ is in you, that there's going to be stories after stories after stories after stories. And I just thank you for adding to my life face. Come on up here, man, because you know I'll keep going. You know me, bro. But I pray God would just speak now. Just bless you, bro. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for this uh, opportunity. Um, we just praise you now, Lord. And um, <clears throat> Father, I pray that, that you would give me what I'm supposed to say in this moment and that you would be glorified. Um, Thank you for Pastor Chris. Thank you for Pastor Bill Hobbs, uh, Bow Down Church, and Urban Youth Impact. We just worship you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. So it's just 
such an overwhelming uh, uh, sense of joy that I feel um, as Chris is telling stories and showing pictures, there's just so much there. Um, and n- you, you forgot to mention, Chris has baptized every single one of my kids, and I have three little ones, uh, 11, 10, and an 8-year-old. Um, there is no one else that has been as close to me since I left ministry, or since I left college, my undergrad, Liberty University, um, so long ago then. Uh, Pastor Chris Tress. Oh, hey, Danny. What's up? (laughs) I haven't seen you in a while. Um, Seeing you just save me because I was about to tear up, man. uh, um, There are so many stories, and we are close, and we have been close for so long. It's like ride or die, brothers, fast and furious type of thing going on here in ministry. Oh, it's so good, and uh, I'm, I'm just blessed to be here today and excited to be here, um, and uh, I just want to tell you a little bit about what God's been doing. Um, Jeremy Verona, is that you? Another brother I can see. Uh, um, if you guys will, um, travel back to me, with me, to December 15, 1991. Um, I'm 13 years old, 13 years old, December 15, 1991, and uh, I'm at a Sunday night church service. Um, I'm sitting kind of in the back. Uh, Pastor John Melton is the pastor of this church. He'd been pastoring there, and I think he still pastors there Um, in China Grove, North Carolina, and I'm sitting, hey, Jenna, I'm sitting in the back. Um, and he's giving the altar call. And his altar call is not ending. He is giving this altar call, and he's feeling like there's someone in the building that is supposed to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. I thought it was so funny when you said that you want to get saved at altar calls. I thought I was the only, I, I want to get saved again when you're at baptism. Hey, can I get some shorts? I want to get in there and get baptized again. Um, that was my salvation experience at the age of 13 years old. And I was sitting there on the back, um, sitting in the back of the service. And Pastor John Melton at Tabernacle Baptist Church, he was giving this insane, long, longly insane altar call. And he just wasn't letting up. And nobody was moving. And the place was quiet. And he was just standing there. And he was just looking. And every once in a while he would say something, but he was just waiting. And in my, in my seat as a 13-year-old, I knew why it was going long. Because for two weeks I hadn't been able to sleep. Because I felt the drawing of the Lord. I felt like a decision needed to be made. And I was in the back. And this was an adult service. And as a 13-year-old, there's just all types of fears. Like, am I... Well, like, I know that he's talking to me, but Lord, can, can you get someone else to move? Can someone else get saved so it's not only me? Can you generate some type of movement up there? But nothing was happening. And there I was sitting in the back by myself, 13 years old, knowing that God was calling me. So in that moment, shaking and so fearful to walk up to the front at this altar call, I said to myself, maybe if I just start moving my leg out into the aisle, and if I just start moving out, and if I take that first step, maybe the rest of me will follow. And so, so there I am, and I start to do that. And sure enough, I take that first step, and boom, I was up. Everyone else is sitting down, and it's like it was now, quiet. Everyone's still, and he's just standing there. And I start walking, and with each step, it's getting easier and easier to get to the front. And the rest was history. He met me at the front, and we nailed down at the, uh, at the corner of the altar there. And he led me to Christ at the age of 13 years old. So that began my story following Christ, uh, asking him to be my Savior. Fast forward. Many, many, many years, 
and I'm leaving Liberty University. Um, a lot has happened in my life. I've pursued different things. Things fell through, but I'm finishing my undergrad, and I'm coming down to a place called Urban Youth Impact. Had, had no clue what I was getting into um, through some connections with Bill. Uh, he, he was kind of a connection, and I came down here, and I met Bill Hobbs and Chris Tress for the first time. I ended up working here at Urban Youth Impact for about two years and two months um, before God would call me back up to North Carolina in 2008. I went back up to North Carolina and started working at a church. Um, it was uh, a church that was a dying church, going through a lot of issues, and um, God put me in a position to not only help the church, but also to help my father and mother who were going to that church. And so I went back up there, and I started pastoring there. About a year later, Sharon and I got married, um, and she came up, and she lived with me in North Carolina. In all, I was there for about five years at Shiloh Baptist Church, um, and we just saw God do amazing, miraculous things. He moved in, in ways, um, and he really fixed some things that were wrong there and turned the situation around. His favor was, was on us in that season. Um, uh, Daniel 2.21, I think it is, it says, uh, uh, God, he's in charge of the times and seasons. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings. He goes, like, that's our God. He changed a season while I was there. And, he, and, and Sharon and I, that last year being at the church, we started to feel like God was saying, I have someone else to take up this position now, and I have somewhere else for you to be. We wrestled with that for a while, but ultimately we heeded that word uh, that we believe was from the Lord, and we gave a four-month resignation at Shiloh. And during that time, I was working at a pharmaceutical company. Um, there was a promotion that was being talked about. We were thinking, okay, we'll, we'll go to Wilmington, North Carolina. We were looking at our, we had picked a house we were trying to purchase. We were expecting this promotion, and we were thinking, well, I'll plan a church in Wilmington, North Carolina. It was kind of a, a college town. And so that was kind of happening. And we're, we've got four months to go at Shiloh, and uh, each month, it's, the time is winding down. Um, and on the last night of being at Shiloh, um, we, they were having a pizza party. There was a goodbye party, lots of tears and everything. But somehow, some way, Chris, Pastor Chris uh, had found out that I was stepping down there, and he was trying to reach me. Uh, and uh, he left a text, left a voicemail. His wife was trying to get in touch with Sharon. We went home. I got in touch with Pastor Chris. <clears throat> he had said he found out that we were uh, um, resigning and that he would like to talk about a position down here. And we were coming to vacation here uh, about, uh, I don't know, a month later. And so we met up and talked, um, and uh, Pastor Chris offered um, a, po a position. Um, Bow Down has a house, like, like he said. Uh, he kind of gave you guys the info. So we went back and told him, I told him we'd pray about it. Sharon told him we'd pray about it. And so I was at Calvary Chapel in Wilmington, North Carolina on a Sunday morning um, and, and um, sitting kind of like where you were, Daniela, in the church's sanctuary. And I just felt like Jesus walked up to me. I just feel like he put his hand on my shoulder right in front of me. And I feel like he said, I want you to go. And so the rest was history called Chris and let him know that, hey, I think this is, God's in this. Um, so it meant uh, moving back down here. Um, and Chris told you a little bit about this, like the kind of the scenario, the context of what we were moving into. And I remember um, when the decision was being made, I remember the moms of both sides, mother-in-law and mom, <laughs> kind of ganging up on me um, and giving me a tough time about where I was taking their grandchildren. Um, but we, we knew that God was in it. And the best decision I ever made was December 15, 1991, when I began my journey with the Lord. It has been amazing and exciting and an adventure 
The second best decision I ever made was marrying that woman over there. You just never know what it's like trying to take your family to a place and have your wife's full support. And she'll be about, she'd be about the mission more than you probably. <laughs> and so fast forward a little bit more. It's been eight years. We've been making tons and tons and tons of close, close friends who I now consider family. And this room is filled with them. And it seems like the story that I started at 13 years old, it's got a new twist in it, and I'm excited. I feel like the first time ever I get to do something like plan a church. And not only plan a church, it's like I'm, I feel like I'm entering into a new season where it's like this is the first of many. And it's, it's not really me. Jesus plants a church. We're going to make disciples. Jesus is going to plant the church. The kingdom is going to advance everywhere. But we got our eyes at the, in the first location on Broadway. So we do want the suburbs. I do want guard. I want it all. I want people to know Jesus. And so this is an exciting time. And we've been underway at Holy Ground Church. We started meeting at May in May uh, with a core group. We launched in September. Um, and so we're a small group right now. We've had some amazing people a part of this launch. Nick, Natalie helped us lay the groundwork at the beginning. Jenna has just served six months. She committed six months and has done amazing in children's church. Um, and, and so God has brought some of you already, but God is doing something, and we're excited about this next season, and this is just the journey with the Lord of what God is doing, how he is getting his name out so more people can experience what I experienced when I was 13, what Paige experienced. We want everyone on Broadway to experience. Guatemalan, Filipina, Haitian, whoever you are, whatever you look like, however old, however young, wherever you're at, we want you to know that there is a God who thought that you were worthwhile enough to get up on a cross and pay your sin debt so that you could enter into eternal life, so that you can experience the kingdom of God coming into your life, so that you could in a covenant enter into a covenant with your creator, and that you can journey in your life now for the rest of your days with this creator who made you with purpose. And, and, and you are loved by the Father. And so that's where we're at. Holy Ground Church. Um, you guys, one of the things that I want to end with, and I'm done, is I, I just challenge you guys to be praying for us. Luke chapter 10, it begins off where Jesus is sending off the 70 disciples to get the towns ready as he's on his way to Jerusalem. So, so from Luke 10 to Luke 19, it's the, it's the journey to Jerusalem, and it's the last call before Jesus gets on that cross. He's sending out the 70 in front of him to get the towns and the villages ready to herald the name of Jesus. And then he says this. He has a lot of compassion for the crowds and the people, Jesus does, but he says this to the, to the disciples. He says, the harvest is plentiful, and the laborers are few. I'm, I'm looking at a church full of laborers now because I know the way of life of Bow Down people. I'm so glad that Bow Down is our first partner and Bow Down's got our back. Bow Down is the warship that is, is sending us out with the, with the plane, with the, the paratroopers to, to jump off a band of brothers. You remember when we watched that together? We did a Bible study through that. We need to bring that back. That was so good. Oh, Jesus says the harvest is plentiful. The labors are few. The solution, earnestly pray to the Father to send the labors. Will you guys please pray for us that God 
would bless this work. I am praying earnestly that 80% of our church are unchurched people that are getting saved, coming, or have questions. We want the unchurched. We want them to know that there's a government that, that sits above all other governments. There's a king that sits above all other kings, and he changes the times and seasons, and he's created this universe. So please keep us in prayer. Thank you, guys. Um, I'm going to have Sharon uh, come on up and and also um, staff, elders, deacons, if you're here, come on up, all right? Just come on up on the stage. We want to just lay hands um, on on this couple. Um, <laughs> this is a huge, huge honor uh, for us as they've been with us for so long. Um, I, I would like to lay some things at your feet right now as far as application. Um, number one, you've been asked to pray, and so please do that. But understand when... Okay, yeah, I need to pray. We're called to pray like Jesus. Jesus intercedes on our behalf, meaning he's not just praying, but he was also the one who is the answer to the need. That's how you pray like Jesus. Jesus is like, I'm interceding, but dad, I'll go and I'll die for the ones that we're praying for right now. And so... As you pray, I want you to also pray about potentially joining them for six months. That you leave, bow down, and that you say, you know what? For the next six months, I'm going to serve what they are doing. I'm going to be a part of this church plant. And Jesus, everything that you've given me, I want to use that to further the kingdom of God and help what's, what God is doing here. Again, they're going to, and some of you can uh, no habla espanol. Some of you have habla, I don't even know how to say it, because no habla espanol. Some of you can speak Spanish. Hey, now's your time. And I want you to pray about six months. After six months, if you feel led to come back, you can come back. It's okay. We won't judge you. But God may be burdening your heart right now to go and to serve. And we just want to affirm that. We just want to say yes. And hey, if we get down to one service again, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And there's a lot of people serving that are like, praise the Lord. (laughs) We hope there's crowds that will go and say, yes, I want to help. The next thing I want you to pray about is you saw their sloppy jalopy vehicle. Face loves it. Forgive me for... Pray about that. And if you're making a check out to Bow Down Church, you can put, I want this to go to a, a van or I, 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 I want this to go to support Stephen and Sharon. As a church in our budget, we've already committed that we are going to support them for the next year. And let me just remind you, The first year of Bow Down, when it was started, our first year's tithes for the whole year were 15 grand, 14 grand, excuse me. The whole year. That's slim pickings, right? But that's what they're going into with a church plant. And so I just want to, I want you to pray, okay, God, what is it that I can give today to help further this mission? Because there's senders and there's goers. There's givers and there's goers. You're, you're one or the other. And, and yeah, I normally don't take offerings, but I'm doing that today. You need to give to support what, what God is doing there. So just earmark it for Holy Ground Church. All right? Earmark it for, for a van. Okay? And so, B-Rod. I want you to start off just praying, and then Angel, if you could just follow Bill, 
Um, just because I know you're not Guatemalan, but you're Cuban, right? And so, but Bill, you got a little Guatemalan in you too. So, so I, I just believe that's important that that's represented because that's where they're going. Okay. And then uh, I'm going to anoint them with oil as you guys pray and just bless them. Church, join with us, please. All right, let's, let's pray. Father, you are so good. We can't sit here, Father, through this service today and not realize how good you are and how your plan is so perfect. You are always at work moving pieces to perform your will, God. And all you ask from us is to be obedient. Father, I thank you for the obedience of, of Stephen and of Sharon to continually follow your will no matter where it takes them, no matter what you call them to, God, no matter what conditions they live in, no matter what neighborhood it is, no matter what they have to drive, God, that they will follow you to the ends of the earth because they love you, God, because their lives have forever been changed. And anybody that knows them will speak of the lives that they have lived they continuously sacrifice and continuously give over and over and over again so that your kingdom come and your will be done, Father. We thank you for them. We thank you for the example that they have set individually as a couple and as parents, Father God, and now ultimately as they step into church planning. Father, we just pray your spirit over both of them. Continue to guide every step, Father. And just like Stephen was saying, there's nothing better, God, than knowing that, that we are in your will. And he knows that, Father God. He knows this is the step that you've called him to. So help him to continue to walk in that with faith, God. I pray against any fear, any doubt. I pray for confidence, God. Be bold and courageous, just like you told Joshua, God. Be bold and courageous, God. May they be bold and courageous as they step out into this new venture, God, into planning this church, stepping out into areas, God, that, that may have never heard your gospel before, stepping out into areas that may be a little bit uncomfortable, God. If anybody's ever driven down Broadway, you understand just the, the span of things that go on in that area, Father God. I pray that you would just give them favor, God. I pray that as they speak, people would listen, God. I pray that as they go out, Father, that people would see your glory all around them, Father God. That they would be able to reach out and touch those that are hopeless, God. Those that are broken. Those that have been passed over by the world. Those that have been thrown out and outcast, Father God. Those that are just wandering around. God, we just pray for power in that, Father. I continue to bring them people that are going to come alongside them and help them with the mission that you've given them, Father God. Pray protection over face and over sharing, God. I pray protection over their marriage. I pray protection over their family, God. Because the enemy is not happy today about what's going on. He's not happy about what you're stirring up inside of them, God. He's not happy about what's going to happen. But you are, Father. But you are happy and you are smiling down at your children knowing that they are walking out the life that you've called them to, Father. Thank you, Jesus. May we as a church continue to come alongside. May we pray for them, God. May we support them financially. God, someone in this room you're calling to go and to join them in this church plan. God, may we be obedient to what you're calling us to do and follow the example that we've seen this couple, Father. Thank you so much, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Father, you know, you know that we love you. As we stand here, sending off Stephen, the Hamilton family, may we continue to, as bow down, be that battleship, if I haven't followed, Lord, preparing those that need to be prepared for the battle that's to come, Father God. The book of Revelation shows us the way that things are going to happen, Heavenly Father, Lord. May we be prepared for that. May we be the workers, the planters, the waterers. May we be like Stephen, Father God. He shows the true example of who Jesus Christ is and the works that he does, that his family does. 
May we be more like that, Father God. Father, this church has become a stepping stone for each and every one of us here. The harvest is here. We just need the workers. We need the hands, the feet. We need the bodies, Father God, to do the service work that needs to be done so we can become prophets, we can become healers, we can become disciples of the great I Am. Father, help us to be better disciples. Help us to understand your word and be prepared for the times that are to come, Father God. They are not not light. They are very dark. May we be the new movers and shakers of this earth, Heavenly Father, Lord, not the government, not the institutions. Mm-hmm. May your kingdom come. Yes. May your will be done yes. on this earth, Heavenly Father, Lord. And, we, and may we be obedient to the calling that each and every one of us has, Heavenly Father, Lord. Yeah. Obedient in our actions, or obedient in our giving, and obedient in everything that we do, Father God. We need to take advantage of the gifts that you've given us. We also need to take advantage of using them wisely, Heavenly Father, Lord, for your kingdom. We ask that you bless the Hamilton family. We ask that you put a hedge of covering of protection over them because they do abide in your shelter, in your home, in everything that they do. We praise you. We honor you, Father God. It is in your son's precious name, Yeshua, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.